Yes, indeed, there are more questions and answers. Like, can you get through the one-basket-only cash register if you went around Walmart in a hot air balloon? See what I did there? <laughs> no. It's a basket, <laughs> one big basket. It'd be really useful, wouldn't it, going around Walmart in a hot air balloon? Do you not think? If you had to get the mayonnaise from the top shelf, you could go... And then you'd float upwards, you'd get the mayonnaise, let the air out, come down again. You could fill up an entire basket... Get through the one basket only register and everyone would be waiting for you. Hot air balloons in Walmart is the way to go. Hi, America. Hello, world. My name is Adrian Lee and I'm mentally ill. Welcome yes. to the show. More questions and answers. Heather starts the show on minus two. I was just agreeing. I the should only, get points. The only paranormal news quiz anywhere in the world. You know, it's going to be a good one, right? Each week, my guests and I will search the world's newspapers, websites and TV shows just for you to bring you the very best in balloon orientated radio entertainment and enlightenment. We will then test each other's knowledge of the week's events of the mysterious, strange, supernatural, unusual, bizarre, and just plain weird. If you have just tuned in especially to hear the show, then I admire your taste. If you have just tuned in by accident, then I admire your luck. I am huddled under my quilt with a large flashlight and a nice cup of tea with tonight's guests, somewhere in the barren wildernesses of the Midwest Plains, with the sound of my elderly mother snoring distantly from the room next door. So snuggle under your covers, turn out your lights and hold on tight. The rules are very simple. Points will be awarded randomly for being interesting and making me laugh or shiver in horror. Extra points will be available for shock and awe value. To help me control my rowdy panel of recidivists and reprobates, I will employ what I have called the inappropriate bell. An example of this would be... The panel have no idea what's coming... I have no idea what stories they have for tonight's show, and we are completely live and unedited. So without any further ado, let us embrace this week's darkness. Let me start by introducing tonight's guest panel. Firstly, the mysterious and evanescent Heather Morris. She has been a paranormal investigator for many years, with her own team called Hellhound Investigations, and does all of her best work in the shadows. She is now one of the leading audio and EVP experts with the International Paranormal Society, and brings her knowledge and research skills to tonight's show. Heather realised this week that if you are ever chased by a police dog, never run through a small tunnel, then over a seesaw, then jump through a ring of fire. Because apparently they're trained for that kind of thing. Who knew? <laughs> Welcome to the show, Heather. We also have with us the... What kind of criminal does that, by the way? They train police dogs to go through rings of fire, small tunnels and seesaws. When have you ever seen a hold-up in a bank? You know, put the money in the bag or as granny gets both barrels. They go running out the bank... They jump into a getaway car. There's no running through small tunnels. There's no rings of fire. And what so what you're saying is the dog should learn how to drive. Yes, this would be much more useful. 
Left, do and left. <laughs> left, I tell you. Where did the? It's when a cat's in a car going in the opposite direction that there's problems, of course. We also have with us the analytical and sceptical mind of Kim Gore. Kim is also a talented and valued member of the International Paranormal Society. Kim thought this week that she had stumbled across a mass grave of snowmen. Until she realised she was in her carrot patch. Welcome to the show, Kim. <laughs> Hello. Finally, on tonight's show, I wish to introduce the calm and unflappable Greg Gore. He is married to Kim, and we shall see if this is still the case after tonight's show. Greg is a paranormal investigator and tech expert. He owns and operates more cameras and leads than the BBC outside broadcast department. He's also our sound engineer and producer. Greg told me this week that he was a professional counterfeiter, and then he showed me the certificates to prove it. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Greg. <laughs> Fabulous. We're on Series 2, Episode 33. 33 is a very special number, of course. 33, as you well know, is the atomic number of arsenic. Would you like a cup of tea, Heather? I can do you a nice cup of tea. Yes. You would. Okay, we can arrange that. It's going to leave a very strange aftertaste, but you stick with it. It's fine. <laughs> In French, Italian, Spanish and Portuguese, 33 is what you're asked to say by your doctor when he's examining your lungs, apparently. 33. What? I'm not going to say it again. You should have listened first time round. <laughs> when the doctor in those countries, French, Italian, Spanish and Portuguese, is examining your lungs, do you remember when you sat there and he's got a stethoscope and he's going... On your lungs, and he's listening. He asked you oh, to say. Oh, it goes on your lungs. Oh, what? Sorry. <laughs> yes, and you have a fabulous set of thirty threes, madam. Thirty three is the name of a beer in Nigeria and Vietnam. It's probably called thirty three because it takes thirty three minutes between you drinking it and you having to relieve yourself. I suspect, which is really useful if you're watching a thirty minute TV show. You can start with a beer. By the time the show's finished, you can squeeze the lemon, and everybody's happy. Jesus was crucified at the age of 33, so not a lucky number for the Son of God. I always like to read out. I love receiving letters. I love receiving emails, Facebook messages, ones of support, of course, not the hate mail. I just want to read a couple out because I love, I love people's responses to the show. Carol stated on Facebook this week, just joined a few days ago. That was our Facebook site. I love listening. I'm addicted to the show. Well, I recommend perhaps taking the archives three episodes at a time before meals. Patty from Crosby, <laughs> Minnesota. Where's Crosby, Minnesota? Does anyone? Up by Brainerd. Up by Brainerd. We're going north there, aren't we? She said, I love the show, which is obviously short and to the point, but welcome to the madness and please spread the word. I love listening to your emails and reading your Facebook messages. I just want to mention before we carry on, if you want to access the show, these people are talking to me on Facebook at the moment. You can go to our Facebook site. It's called More Questions Than Answers with Adrian Lee, and you will find all of our stories and much, much more. The videos and photographs that accompany them are on there, of course. You can go to YouTube. We have a YouTube site. There is a fabulous six minutes of what we would call an outtake that is hilariously funny. I recommend that would cheer you up no end, actually, if you're feeling miserable. Very, very funny. So if you go to YouTube and, again, type in more questions than answers with Adrian Lee, you will find our outtakes, and they're very, very funny. You can contact us on Twitter. We have 69,000 followers on Twitter now. So if you go to Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips, that's T-I-P-S for the International Paranormal Society, you can also join me on Twitter. 
Now, I'm going to mention just briefly before we start, I did today, this happened this morning, I went to the Cottonwood County Historical Society. And I'm often in there, I'm researching for my next book, I'm often in historical societies and damp antediluvian basements of libraries in the dark, smelling of damp paper and things that are going mouldy. So this is uh, a lifestyle decision. You looked decision. in your refrigerator then. Yes, there is a lot of things in there that if I ate them would cure many, many illnesses. This is true. Give it a haircut, it's fine. So I'm in the Cottonwood County Historical Society. I'm going to test your memory now. We investigated a building. We investigated Wyndham High School, which was uh, abandoned, I guess, in the late 1990s and has now been taken over by the community and they run all kinds of fabulous things from there. They've actually got a Halloween house in this fabulous high school that was built back in the 1930s. And we did an investigation in that school some years ago and I'm still working my way through all the evidence, through all the historical research. Sometimes it takes me three or four years to find and unearth the historical research. If you recall, and uh, Kim, Greg, Heather and myself were on this investigation, we ended up, and there's no jokes to be had here for me and Greg, but we ended up investigating in the girls' locker room, if you recall. And as soon as we walked into the girls' locker room, we got touched. I, I had what I felt was cobwebs go across my face. And then your sister Ashley came into the room and she mm -hmm. said she got felt. I'm going to test your memory now, but I've got in my notebook that you walked into the uh, room and had your hair pulled yes. was one of the things mm -hmm. and didn't uh, your flashlight fell out of your hand it did but that was more to do with the fact that i thought there was a spider on me so i screamed like a girl <laughs> and just threw everything down but that is true my flashlight <laughs> did fall out of my hand but that was more down to the fact that i don't like spiders and kim got grabbed too apparently yes but we don't know where greg was at the time <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things we got down there we had the ghost box out and a gentleman came through in spirit and he said his name was Bob. Do you recall? Yes. So he said, who's down here? He said, my name's Bob. And uh, this was next door to the maintenance room. You've got the boys' locker room. There's a maintenance room where the offices were for the custodians, I guess. Then you had the girls' locker room. And in this conversation we had with this spirit via the ghost box, I asked him what year he thought it was. And he said 1961. So I've got all this documented. We've got this as audio evidence. I was in the Cottonwood County Historical Society today and I went to the yearbook. I've got the 1961 yearbook out and I'm fingering my way through each of the pages, all in black and white. Fabulous hairdos, the beehive haircut, if you remember that, Kim. <laughs> and uh, there, there's a page. You know they have pictures of teachers in the yearbook. There is a page in there of the maintenance men and custodians and there in the middle of three gentlemen sat in the utilities room, if you like, in the middle of the, uh, the maintenance room, between the two changing room areas, locker rooms, there was a guy called Bob Underwood, Robert Underwood. So I said to the historian, I'm going to look through the obituaries now, I'm going to find this guy. I've got a last name to research, right? So I now look in the obituaries. I find the obituary for Robert Underwood, Bob, the guy that was in the maintenance room. He worked at that school for 35 years in maintenance. And apparently it's said that even when he retired in 1983, he still went back to the school and worked there because he was that dedicated. He still went there, you know, because his friends were there and he'd been there for so long. And he died in 1999. So it was very interesting that I historically found the spirit that had spoken to us. I'd got the fact that he was in the maintenance room. I'd found him in the yearbook, 1961. He told me what year it was. And there was the gentleman, Robert Bob Underwood, with all those details. And I just find that remarkable. So that was research I'm doing.
for my next book that should be out just before Christmas. It's called The Mysterious Midwest, and you can hear our tales of investigating very haunted buildings throughout the whole of the Midwest, complete with all the evidence and all the history. And if you're interested in a Halloween read that's fun and spooky and crammed full of history, you don't have to wait till Christmas. I have a book out called Mysterious Minnesota, Digging Up the Ghostly Past at 13 haunted sites and that's available through Llewellyn you can get that on Amazon and in Barnes and Noble if you want a good and fabulous Halloween read but that was my morning there's worse things to do for a job isn't there I'm guessing see yes. where we are yes we run into the round that is ghosts and hauntings I've got a story here that says scary moments security guards flee as white eyeless floating ghosts filmed haunting the streets during a night patrol two security guards have been left spooked after encountering what they believe was a terrifying ghost during a routine night patrol the guards Yosemino Cabianelas and John Torres <laughs> I'm sorry you want that again, do you? Yeah. <laughs> wow. If I say it three times, a genie appears. Yesamino Cabaneras. If I say it in a strange accent, I get away with it. All right. And Jean, so by the way, you're on minus three now. Great. And Jean Torres was so scared at the sight of the white eyeless and floating woman that they ran in horror. That's what you want from the police, isn't it? The apparition was then reportedly captured on security cameras close to where the men encountered it in Chimbote in Peru. The two men appeared on Peruvian news channel Latina to talk through their supernatural experience. Grainy footage of a street shows a shadowy figure moving slowly across the road before disappearing out of shot. Reported sightings of floating eyeless ghosts have been on the rise recently and a lot more closer to home. Last year, medium Christine Hamlet claimed to have snapped the legendary black-eyed child of Canuck Chase for the first time in 30 years. That led to a spate of new sightings of the creepy child Spectra, including one just last week. I like the way they jumped from Peru to the East Midlands near Birmingham in England. See how they did that? Almost it's seamless, it's close. wasn't it? But if you wish to see this video, what they do is they show the video of the ghost walking the streets on the security camera. And remember that these two police officers, these two guards, actually saw this ghost in the flesh and ran for their lives. They were so scared. And you should see the reaction of these two men where they then see the video footage from the security camera that actually shows it. And uh, they obviously weren't drinking or had made it up in any way, shape or form. So if you wish to see that, you need to access our Facebook site. More questions and answers with Adrian Lee. Do you know the very famous story about the Peruvian fishing? Have you heard that? There's not no. many jokes, is there, that involve Peruvians? No. no. This will give you a flavour of the relationship between Peru and Chile, like the relationship between Scotland and England and Canada and America. But there's a Peruvian fishing on the border in a river. On the other side of the river, he sees a Chilean man fishing, and the borders split either side of the river. And he shouts out to the Chilean guy and says, Hi, you know, it'd be fabulous to fish with you. We could fish together. But there's no bridge. And the Chilean guy says, I haven't got a boat and I can't swim. So the Peruvian guy says, well, if I shine my flashlight, you can walk across the beam and get to the other side of the river. <laughs> and the Chilean man says, do I look stupid? I know that when I get halfway across, you're going to turn the flashlight off. <laughs> <sighs> Heather, what have you got for me tonight in the round of Ghosts and hauntings. Well, I have, are home sellers required to declare hauntings when they're selling their house? We've had this question come we up have. before, yes. haven't we? Because we thought that there were some counties and states in America that you had to declare if the house you're selling... It's getting closer to that. It's getting closer. This yeah. is interesting. If people yeah. have a haunted house, they could get into trouble 
for not disclosing this, That's I guess, right. during the selling period. Actually, some U.S. states may require that sellers disclose the fact that their house has a haunted reputation. One of the things that must be taken into account when buying or selling a property is whether or not it holds a psychologically impacted status, something that tends to apply if the house was the scene of a murder, a suicide, or some other event that might dissuade someone from buying it. When it isn't as well known, however, is the fact that the haunting can also fall under the same category and that the alleged presence of a ghost can have a negative impact on the property's value as well. Before we go any further, this is unproven science, okay? If, if we could prove at this moment in time that ghosts exist, it would not be paranormal because paranormal means behind the norm, right, things right. outside of the norm, yep. things that can't be proved by science. So how can you then declare that your house is haunted because it can't be it's, proven? It's a stigma. So when I lived up in Sork Centre in a big Gothic house that looked haunted, just because the local kids ran past it on their way to school, because they were scared, I'm going to have to disclose to a realtor. The kids think it's haunted. If it's around the town that it's a haunted place, yeah, you have to at least mention that there's a reputation of it being haunted. Yeah, Yeah. that's what they're saying. You can't prove that, though, can you? Well, it goes into that. Despite the fact that many people do not believe in ghosts and that there is no realistic way to definitively prove whether a house is haunted or not, lawyers in some U.S. states have taken the matter seriously enough to have pursued legal cases against sellers purely on this basis. So would you take up a case like that, Nathan? Yep. Okay, yep. good. He needs the money. <laughs> I mean, you can tell by the clothes he's wearing. Oh. Thank you. <laughs> At least you're wearing some this week. There's actually one infamous example of this, and it occurred north of New York City in 1991 when a woman who sold her house to a couple for $650,000 ended up in court when they later learned of its allegedly haunted status and demanded to be allowed to back out of the sale. And I'd say prove it. Well, they... Do you see what I'm saying? The seller ultimately lost the case. Wow. On the basis that the house's haunted reputation, regardless of whether it actually was haunted or not, was enough of a factor to negatively affect its value. There's going to be some serious arguments take place there, isn't there? I know. So So the law now says that ghosts and hauntings actually exist in effect, doesn't it? Yeah. But our attorney's nodding his head and agreeing with me. Wow. So the U.S. government and the law now says ghosts and hauntings do exist. Well, they're taking it under consideration, I guess. I'd be very interested to see how that pans out. I think that's an excuse for people to pull out of houses once they've been living in them for a while and realise they don't like the neighbours playing Or maybe they can't afford it. This is also true. We managed to get most of the blood out of the carpet in the Uh, lounge. (laughs) Well, it says, so while the whole matter of declaring a haunting is generally seen as a bit of a legal grey area, there have been enough stories of such cases to warrant at least some degree of caution. Now, we've had to deal with realtors in the past where we've actually viewed houses, and one of them was an old church that someone was selling And the realtor said she did not have to disclose the fact that there was dead bodies buried 
in the lawn, even though you could see indents. Yes, they, <laughs> where, the, where the coffins had collapsed, you could actually see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and they're all the raw iron that goes around the graves had been pulled up and had been yeah, set against stacked. the garage. I know. <laughs> That's ridiculous. You go to dig foundations for a garage or a swimming you pool. Said you said swimming pool. <laughs> yes, poltergeist, isn't it? It's the film Poltergeist, I tell you. Well, that's fun and informative. You've given yourself a hefty two points and you've moved back up to minus one. Thank you. I've got a story here. We haven't done voodoo for a long time, have we? Oh, boy. No, but we're getting towards Halloween. It says Newcastle United star uses voodoo-style ritual to end rivals' gold drought curse. A Premier League striker became convinced he had stopped scoring due to a voodoo-style curse. This is soccer, by the way and persuaded a teammate to undo it in a special ritual. Newcastle striker Papi Cisse became worried when his run of sensational goals after joining Newcastle came to a sudden end. Convinced that another player had cursed him, he begged teammate Czech Teote to help lift the blight. And following the ceremony, Cisse 30, who comes from Senegal in West Africa, returned to winning ways. A Newcastle insider said, it's one of those things you really couldn't believe at first. What's that Newcastle? scoring <laughs> papis is a very superstitious <laughs> and became convinced of the curse teoti from the ivory coast where neighboring ghana is the ancestral home of voodoo is said to have visited a high priest in the city for help the insider added check and papis are good friends so he agreed to do it even though it involved various bits of what they call hocus pocus agent Madhu Dien said of his £45,000 a week striker's return to form, maybe it's just psychological. And joked, if Czech would have done that, he'd have done it for himself to score goals as well. Voodoo, which means great spirit, is a West African religion that was carried to many countries via slavery. It is often used to lift curses and also put them in place by juju witchcraft. Bournemouth winger Max Gradle, 27, suffered ligament damage in August, said to have been a result of Juju, after he fell out with his family in the Ivory Coast. Ex-Tottenham Hotspur striker Emmanuel Adebayar, 31, also claimed his family in Togo used Juju on him. It's a good excuse, isn't it, if you stop scoring goals to say someone's put some he Juju He was doing on good him. until he came up missing. This is also true. He did go missing for a long period of time. He went to Africa to visit his family and they never saw him again. That's probably where he is. The rival player said to have put the curse on Cissé cannot be named for legal reasons, unless he's buying a house in New York State. <laughs> Tioto's agent, Emmanuel Palladino, denied the player had taken part in the ceremony. He said Czech is focused on training and playing football for Newcastle. Headlines like this are an unwelcome distraction for Czech, and we will not be commenting further on the matter. Did you know that I trained to be a voodoo acupuncturist? You don't have to go to me. You could just be walking down the street and you'll suddenly feel, oh, oh, that feels better. It's a great job, isn't it? A voodoo acupuncturist. I can do it from a distance away. If you need some healing, if you've got a problem with your knee, I could be a voodoo acupuncturist. You wouldn't even have to come to see me. Oh, you'd be, you're you'd be sat, You'd be sat in the line <laughs> at the cashier register in your hot air balloon with a basket full of food and you'll think, oh, Oh, my knee suddenly feels better. Do you see how that works? You always think of the negative sides, don't you? You don't think of the positives. Kim, <laughs> what have you got for me tonight in the round of Ghosts and Hauntings? Couple left terrified after calculator ghost prints on demand. 
one of those horror spectral calculators that you read so much about. I'm being haunted by maths. Leave me alone. What if you moved in New York where they're talking about having to disclose and you accidentally forgot to pack your calculator? I know, right? Or come and find you. Yes. What about all the electronics you've killed and thrown away over the years? There's a toaster I bought in 1979 and it's standing at the end of your bed looking at you. Isn't that in a horror movie, a speak and spell? A speak and spell. Now spell color. I haven't Leave seen me that alone. one. Oh, that's the worst thing for a dyslexic, isn't it? To be haunted by a speak and spell. <laughs> that's like your worst nightmare. Now spell disestablishmentarianism. Leave me alone. Just saying. That was a <laughs> dyslexia three. You've seen the film. You've not read the book. Just saying. <laughs> Okay, a couple are convinced their calculator printer is actually a ghost after it printed off a symbol upon their demand. Leave me alone, or I'll send long division on to you. Hmm? Can anyone actually do long division? No. Just me, then. Okay. Fran Lucier and his fiance were left screaming after the calculator prompted, produced a diamond symbol, the exact shape they had requested. In the video, the couple asked the calculator to print their desired symbol several times, asking if it was being shy. They then tell the calculator that they have switched their camera off and are no longer recording, prompting the machine to suddenly spring into action. As they realize the printer has responded to their exact request, the couple jump back, screaming in terror. Now spell boobless. <laughs> I'm sorry. You've played with your calculator before, haven't you? Yes, and that's why my palms are hairy. <laughs> We're going to do some really hard, serious adding up tonight, sweetheart. <laughs> Fran wrote on YouTube, my fiancé told me earlier in the day that this printer was going off while she was the only one home. It was printing a diamond symbol that we could not replicate later when we tried. We were getting ready to go out, and she sat down at this desk and was putting her shoes on when it started printing again and stopped. She called for me, and I came to see. I asked out loud for it to print the diamond symbol, and it did without hesitation. I couldn't believe it, so I decided to pull my phone out and record it. The timing is just unreal. The spooky clip has been viewed more than 2,000 times since October 17th. Wow. You'd need some sort of exorcism, wouldn't you? Holy water would probably short-circuit that in no time at all, I'm guessing. The worst thing to be haunted by, a calculator. Can you imagine? Ugh. You, you know, you see it coming up the corridor like a phantom, adding numbers. That'd be terrible. Instead of the drip, drip, drip of the faucet at night, you'll hear the click, 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 click. click, click. click. That's quite creepy, actually. Haunted by electronic devices that you've discarded in the past. Shocking. Have you got another story for me tonight, Heather, in the round of ghosts and hauntings? I have a comment and then I have a story. You have a comment. You think the show's fabulous and I deserve another two or three points for being witty. Uh, Don't be silly. That's not your comment. Okay. (laughs) See, I'm psychic. Well, (laughs) what? No. Keep going. (laughs) Uh, Zombies, if you haven't figured it out, are actually hazardous to Russian children's spiritual health. Is that right? Yeah, that's what they've decided this just week. Russian just Russian children. Like, yes, just well, It's Russian. lucky that okay. Russia's not a mad country, is it, that's run by a despot and comes up with crazy ideas? Well, they also got in trouble for apparently... Bombing Syria. I know. Terrible. Shocking business. No, they were, oh. selling, they were selling Nazi dolls. Oh, crikey. That's right. I do remember that, yes. So, anyway, uh, here's the actual story. A trio was detained over stealing a corpse to sell as a bride for a ghost wedding. Another one. Do you believe it? What if the corpse was already married? I No, I don't think How she was. How does the corpse say I do? I'm just saying. If you wish to marry this man, you know. How does she run away? There's many questions. What about the wedding night? That's going to be complicated, isn't it? 
it's probably like most of ours. They just lay there motionless. <laughs> yeah, just like everyone. <laughs> I couldn't possibly comment live on air. <laughs> How's that divorce coming on? Uh, three people in northern China have been detained on suspicion of stealing a corpse to sell as a bride in the ancient Chinese rite of ghost weddings. There was a young woman from China. <laughs> No. The practice joins single people who have died for a belated marriage in the afterlife. Dead girls can't say no. Oh, that's true. Just saying. Uh, The main suspect is a man aged 72 said he had heard about the death of a young woman in a nearby village in Shanghai province. It's always in Shanghai province. Have you noticed that? Yes. And thought of selling the corpse to relatives of a single dead man. Wow. Isn't that nice? The main suspect and two accomplices pretended to be the relatives of the woman and negotiated a sale price of 25,000 yen. It's like $1.50. No, it's actually 2,540 pounds for a buyer. Okay. That's about $3,500 then. uh, Yeah, yeah. Uh, While they are raiding the village tomb for the body last weekend, their plot was scuttled. By villagers who caught them in the act and alerted police. Grave robbing for yes. brides. That's a corpse bride, isn't it? Yes, it is. The practice of afterlife matrimony extends back centuries and occasionally happens in poor rural areas where people are superstitious and believe in afterlife. A professor of Chinese language and culture at Nanjing Normal University has been quoted as saying so. Anyway... They are looking for corpse brides there. So if you want to sell your dead single loved ones, sell them in China. I'm sure there's married couples that are now going to do away with their wife on the back of the fact they can sell their corpse to be married off. Because once you're, you know, in sickness and in health, in life and in death, you're still married in death, aren't you? They actually bury them together. So if there was a, a single dead man, they want to find a single dead woman or girl to be with them and then they'll bury them together. So they can be married in their afterlife. So you spend a lifetime of eternity. And we had this discussion earlier. What if they didn't like each other? I'm just about to say that there's 46 places in the Bible where it says when we die, we have eternal life. Imagine you're there with your wife and you don't get on and you have eternal life next to your bride, nagging in your ear constantly. When are you going to put the garbage out? What if you weren't attracted to her? You never listened to me. What if they're a little decomposed? Well, they're both dead, aren't they? And they're in spirit now. So the outside physical realm is is irrelevant, isn't it? It's two dead bodies joined together in holy matrimony. That must have been a fun disco for that party. That's terrible. I think Shocking. it's terrible. I know. That's terrible. You're going to go back to minus four for making everyone down and miserable. <laughs> we run. <laughs> I have one more story. I'm going to squeeze in one more because he's fabulous. Okay. Man left terrified after waking up and spotting this chilling sight at the window. If you woke to see the man pressed against your window, his features obscured by semi-transparent plastic sheeting, you might assume you were having a nightmare. But for this man, the sight was terrifyingly real. The man apparently opened his bleary eyes and spotted the figure. Peering down on him, the figure bore an eerie resemblance to the TV character Dexter Morgan, a murderer with a kill room ritual involving plastic sheeting. To his relief, the man turned out to be a painter preparing for work. Suspending his horror for long enough to take a snap, 
the Reddit user later posted the picture. The image was shared with the caption, I live on the second story and a painter made me almost crap my pants when I woke up this morning. It's since gone viral, amassing more than 1.2 million views, and it seems to have struck a chord with others. One viewer wrote, I'm sure they will do it on purpose from now on in because they're looking forward to scaring you when they go to work on your building. Another added, Dexter is setting up to kill you. Giving the figure a dark twist, one took on his voice saying, don't mind me, just covering your windows for the massacre that's about to begin. Did you see this photograph? This guy lives on the second floor. He wakes up in the morning, bleary eyed. There's a guy putting plastic sheeting on his windows on the other side of the window on the second floor. And you can see the guy's hands and face pressed against the window. It's a fabulous photograph. I would have died if I'd have woken up. And seeing that, and again, if you wish to see that photograph, it is available to see on our Facebook site. That's more questions and answers with Adrian Lee. Heather has the body, by the way, of an 18-year-old college girl. She keeps her in the fridge, apparently. (laughs) We run (laughs) into the round. That is UFOs and cryptozoology. It's green men. It's hairy beasties. It's standing in a cornfield in the middle of the night, shining a laser pen up into the sky and saying here i am come and get me police called to ufo found crash landed and on fire in the middle of the road the suspected spacecraft which was on fire was reported to kingston police by a concerned member of the public the police forces now asked anyone who might be able to identify the bizarre object to come forward kingston police posted on its facebook page on october the 17th last night at around midnight a concerned member of the public called us on 999 stating that there was an unknown item on fire in the middle of the road i love the fact the police have their own facebook site wouldn't you rather them spend time catching criminals than messing around surfing the internet social media is ridiculous <laughs> officers from emergency response team a i'd like to be in emergency response team b by the way were dispatched along with the london fire brigade when they arrived on the scene they couldn't believe their eyes the officers that arrived on the scene described the item as looking like a crash-landed ufo anyone with information about this item and how it ended up being there needs to contact kingston police force but members of the public have brought their speculation back down to the ground by pointing out on the police facebook page that the blue and red item is not in fact an alien craft but an upside down pizza oven (laughs) it looks now several things spring to mind here that must have been a really large explosion somewhere in an Italian pizzeria for a pizza oven to be laying upside down in the middle of the road and on fire. That's the first thing. Secondly, would not someone notice? Wouldn't you get Giuseppe? What's that big space in the corner of the room? What used to be sat there? I'm <laughs> and sure... why is pepperoni lying everywhere? <laughs> That's right. There's toppings all over me. It's ridiculous. Covered in tomato sauce and everything else. Secondly, what's the difference between a redneck and a large pizza? A large pizza can feed a family of four. (laughs) (laughs) Racist and topical at the same time. I love it. Heather, what have you got for me tonight in the round? By the way, if you want to see an upside down pizza oven on fire that the police (laughs) think is a downed UFO, you're more than welcome to go to our Facebook site and look at the photographs. You can judge for yourselves. Yes, it looks like a pizza oven. It looks like a pizza oven. Okay. The voice of Heather has spoken. 
I have a huge asteroid, which yeah, will Yeah, my pa- <laughs> granddad had those. He suffered terribly. He couldn't sit down or anything. <laughs> uh, it'll actually pass by Earth on Halloween. Halloweenus. Halloweenus. Scientists have revealed that a high-speed asteroid will streak past our planet at the end of the month. Measuring 470 meters in diameter, the enormous space rock will pass within 310,000 miles God, I was worried for Earth. the minute, and now it's 310,000 yeah, miles. Yeah, yeah. I was going to have sleepless nights, Greg. It's actually approximately 30% farther away from us than the orbit of the moon. So it's actually kind of close, I Isn't guess. Isn't there stuff whizzing by constantly? There's, there's rocks whizzing by us all of the time. It's ridiculous. Everything's just Going by it like grains of sand through my hands. My entire life's disappearing before my very eyes. I know. Why am I here? I don't know. Believed to be part of... To be you, by all accounts. (laughs) (laughs) That is my raison d'etre. And I'm sure the French must have a word for that as well. (laughs) Believed to be part of a broken comet, the object will be visible with a telescope as it crosses the constellation Orion and will be the largest known asteroid to fly this close for quite some time quick like giuseppe quite some time come and have a look through the telescope it looks like a pizza oven <laughs> that's well, how the dinosaurs got extinct looking through a telescope yes <laughs> Can imagine the pizza trans- ovens landing on top of them <laughs> that's it that's what wiped out to triceratops was a was giant a pizza, pizza. Can you imagine there's a Tyrannosaurus rex saying to the stegosaurus look through this telescope and he looks through it and he says i can't see anything and he's got a black eye and all the Tyrannosaurus rexes are laughing in the background going ha, 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 ha. you gave the stegosaurus a black i've eye. actually done that to a photographer to a stegosaurus no, oh, not okay. to- <laughs> uh, while the near miss is good news for amateur astronomers and represents no impact threat. So why are you reading this out? The asteroid's sudden discovery, a mere 10 days before its closest approach, has raised concerns over mankind's ability to detect potentially dangerous objects heading in our direction. While asteroid deflection techniques could make it possible to change the course of a large asteroid while it's still far out in space, thank you, Bruce Willis, methods would do little good when the object is this close to us. NASA Administrator Charles Bolden summed up this concern during a talk back in 2013 by saying... They're all going to die! (laughs) From the information we have, we don't know of an asteroid that will threaten the population of the United States, he said. But if it's coming within three weeks, pray. Okay. The good old-fashioned plan B. Pray. Our father right in heaven. That's plan B. Pray. Hmm. Kim, what have you got for me tonight in the round of pizza ovens? And hemorrhoids. <laughs> asteroids. You don't often get the word pizza oven and hemorrhoid. In fact, I bet you're the first person live on radio ever to mention asteroids hemorrhoids and pizza ovens all in the same sentence let's add umbrella shapes to that oh wow (laughs) umbrella shaped hemorrhoids what god's name have you been (laughs) that's gonna keep the rain off you (laughs) strange umbrella shaped objects spotted in the sky baffles locals it's a pizza oven oh she said baffles that's a baffle you know it's shaped like a baffle kind of you know what a baffle is? Isn't that a baffle? It's when you're confused because the person sat opposite you is talking rubbish and you've no idea what they're going on about, isn't it? Is that a, a baffle? baffle? No, a baffle it pumps a fireplace. Pumps air for fire. See? What? They're okay. bellows. They're bellows. 
Not a baffled. Oh, you oh, had okay. me. Well, there we go. Keep going. Fabulous. Well, thank you for that interjection. If there's any more you want to interrupt us with, you feel free to go ahead and include it. Heather's on minus six. Wow. Bellows and baffles. Yes, it's very confusing for you, isn't it? You're right, love. Are you baffled? Do you want a nice cup yes, of tea? I'm I like the way you're saying to me, don't you know what baffles are? <laughs> yes, they're the things you make fires larger with by giving them more oxygen, aren't they? I'm an See? idiot. <laughs> See how we lent you a language and you're crucifying it. <laughs> Kim, what have you got for me in the round of pizza oven and bellows? <laughs> The strange dome-shaped object was spotted by a passerby who noticed it hovering in the sky. It's Nathan parachuting. (laughs) Dennis Deco grabbed his Nikon camera and used it on maximum zoom to capture the unusual sight back in June. The footage was released on to the Internet yesterday and has since had hundreds of views. The recording took place as the object flew over Mogai Des Cruz, a neighborhood in Sao Paulo, Brazil, at 8.40 a.m. One viewer praised how clear the image was, and he said, Very good video, outstanding clarity of the image. Earlier this month, a blinking and color-changing light was spotted in the sky above Warwickshire. And a family in Australia spotted a glowing thin disc uh, soaring through the sky. So there's been a lot of UFO activity recently. Yes. There's been hemorrhoids, bellows... Pizza huts, umbrellas. It's all there. Heather's career disappearing into the darkness. I've now been handed a fresh cup of tea and the promise of cookies and a pizza. I have fresh flashlight batteries and my mother has now stopped snoring from the room next door. So onwards, we march into the round that's called the strange and the bizarre. Graveyard mystery as Dog Walker found two seated dead bodies a month apart in the same spot. A dog walker who found two suspected murder victims in the same churchyard in the space of a month has told how they were both virtually sitting upright in exactly the same spot. What are the chances of that happening? How many times when you walk through a graveyard do you see a body sat upright on a bench? To then find two in the same month is just unlucky, isn't it? Barbara Denham, 65, who walks her border collie Max the same route every morning, found Gabriel Cavari, 22, and Daniel Whitworth, 21. Stephen Paul, who is 40, faces four charges of murder or administering a poison with intent to endanger life or inflict grievous bodily harm. Barbara said both men looked like they were asleep when she found them in the grounds of St Margaret's Church embarking in East London. I know this graveyard very well. My great-great-great-grandmother is actually buried in this graveyard, a lady called Sophie Isaacs. She actually lived in Whitechapel at the time of the Jack the Ripper murders. One of the murders took place in one of the streets, Galston Street, that she actually lived down, would you believe? I bet they didn't go out of the house after night, do you not think? They must have been very scared, Mm -hmm. mustn't they, living in that neighbourhood at that time. She found Gabriel first in August last year, she said. I walked past him and thought, he hasn't moved. So I just clapped near his face and shouted, woohoo. But there was nothing. That's what you do. That's your best, is it? That's what I'm reading what she's written. It went, woohoo. But there was nothing. This is what the calculator needs to do when you're in bed at night. Woohoo. There you go. I gently touched his hand and his cheek and withdrew immediately as it was very cold. She could have tickled his funny bone. (laughs) See what I did there. Weeks later, she found Daniel. She said, I couldn't believe it. Stephen Port of Barking is due at the Old Bailey today. The other alleged victims are forklift driver Jack Taylor, 25, and student Anthony Walgate, who is 23. 
They should have put Sherlock Bones on the case. I'm sure he would have found the bodies sooner. See what I did there? <laughs> it's fabulous, isn't it? It's a joy. I love this show. I love this show. Heather, <laughs> what have you got for me tonight in the round of the strange and the bizarre? I have something new for us to try. Oh, no. It's not Bellows, is it? No. <laughs> Dairy Queen. No. <laughs> Greg gets three points for reminding us of uh, how Heather put out after a prom date took her to Dairy Queen oh. back in the 1980s. <laughs> 80s? <laughs> I don't know the dates. Uh, I have a McDonald's Grey Burger is freaking people out. See, that was close, Greg. You weren't a million miles away there. You deserve all the points you can get. Crazy colored burgers may be the latest intriguing fast food trend, but McDonald's in China may have gone too far with the newest gloomy offering. Earlier this week, the Golden Arches debuted its modern Chinese burger, a silvery gray bun sandwich available for a limited time at select locations in China. What does this do to your innards? Because we had a story last week. Yes. For controlled purposes, we Control ate purposes. the Halloween Whopper, which is black. Yes. I don't want to go over all that again. No. Needless to say, the next morning, when one looks down after the morning ablutions into the bowl, it was fluorescent green. Yes. So what are we looking at here? Is this a different color of uh, defecation? Say, so we need to do you not think then that, that we need to have somebody from China mail us one? I'm not eating a burger that's been mailed <laughs> from China. I'm sorry. I draw the I know I like burgers, but I'm drawing the line there. What would happen, Kim, if you got a burger and you put a stamp on it, got a Sharpie and wrote an address, would it get to somewhere? Yes. It would. Perfect. There See? you go. There You've got to go. love the US Postal Service. According to Time Out Beijing, the burger is a pork patty similar to American breakfast sausage with bacon. A thousand island-like sauce and strong notes of peppercorn and black sesame. The base notes. Despite being appalled by the color, the food reviewers admitted it was actually pretty tasty. The burger is dangerous. How's it dangerous? The bun kind of gets stuck in your teeth. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, then. Yummy. Lovely. Hang on a second. How does a burger getting stuck in your teeth? turn out to be dangerous what does it cause plaque and 25 years later you get heart Maybe you disease can't swallow or something i don't know remember black bund whoppers gray is a tone of black if that helps in the ad the burger is a darker gray speckled with black spots but consumers across twitter and instagram have been quick to point out that in the reality it's a pale looking bleached out bun Ugh. that sounds fabulous thank you for sharing that so we need to go to china to experience yeah and gray buns yes yes <laughs> oh god and they're wrinkly as well <laughs> right well i can iron that out don't worry about it. every wrinkle's an inch sweetheart <laughs> No word on if there's any creepy side effects, especially like the ones at Burger King, which yes. has the black burger. Yes, the fluorescent so. green defecation. Yes, not so good. So if you're in China, go out and get yourself one of those gray burgers because they're only going to be around till November 3rd. Oh, we better get in there quick then, hadn't we? Yeah. I've got a story here that says police probe sick online craze where social media users take selfies with dead bodies for cash. Gross. A sick social media craze where people are encouraged to post for selfies with dead people is being probed by police. Selfie with dead bodies being probed by the police sounds right. Selfies with the deceased even hands out cash prizes for the best picture with a corpse with £50, which is about $80, recently offered for a pic with the body of a 30 year old girl killed 
in a car crash. Uh, the twisted fad is encouraged by a group of Russian social media sites called VK, which is now being investigated by the authorities. They sell the selfie taker should be smiling because the deceased has gone to a better place. This is a case of kind of barging in or taking surreptitious photographs in wakes, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not suggesting there's been a road crash and they just run up to the person lying in the road and take a quick picture. They're actually gate crashing, if you like. The wake. So you've got the corpse laid out in the coffin and they're taking a picture of themselves, putting thumbs up and whatever. Next to the deceased is where we are. The community, which now has some 500 members, caught the attention of law enforcement after its administrator announced a 5,000 ruble cash prize for the best selfie with the body of a 13-year-old girl killed in a car accident, a police spokesman said. And as I said, they're going into funeral homes and posing with the dead. The family of the deceased teenager told local media they were afraid mobile phone cameras would start flashing at her funeral. So they've actually put it out there as a task to try and get a photograph taken with the girl that died in the road crash. Do you see where we are? I wonder if Catherine Zeta-Jones could make a few dollars with her bedroom pictures. I've got all day. I can wait. No? Okay, (laughs) go on. I'll explain it after the show. Trust me, it's incredibly funny. Kim, what have you got for me tonight in the round of The Strange and the Bizarre? There are several injured in zombie-like attack at the Tennessee Walmart as a man tries to eat his victims. That's what zombies do. Yeah, man. An unidentified man entered a Tennessee Walmart on Tuesday armed with nothing more than his own teeth. Mm -mm. Eyewitnesses say the man who looked like he had been living off the streets entered the store looking as if he was in a daze. When confronted by a Walmart employee, the homeless man lunged at the victim, sinking his teeth into the employee's arm. As one of the customers attempted to save the employee, the crazed man bit the shopper in the neck. Wow. There were three other men that I saw who ran in to try to save the victims, but then they became victims, said Rachel Stephenson, who was shopping in the store at the time of the incident. I wonder if there's a psychological issue that they've named where you actually think you're a zombie. Do you see what I mean? I wonder if there's people that genuinely think, due to mental illnesses, that they are the undead. Maybe. This is where I'm going. There's a lot of strange mm-hmm. people knocking around, isn't there? Yes. Uh, it says, every time someone stepped in to help, he bit into them with his teeth. I only got a quick glance, but I swear it looked like he had fangs. It was absolutely terrifying. Walmart shoppers were eventually able to subdue the violent man and restrain him until police arrived. In total, six people were bitten and one was taken to the hospital in critical condition due to a severed artery in his neck. Oh, that's going to be a lot of blood there. Ugh. That's a garroted artery, isn't it? Yes. The attacker, who still has yet to be identified, is assumed to be homeless and is currently being held at a Tennessee psychiatric hospital. There is no word yet on whether or not drugs played a factor in this incident. This incident comes just two days after a 24-year-old Brazilian man collapsed and died aboard an Irish aircraft after biting another passenger. The man was said to possibly be on methamphetamines when he became frantic and began biting into the flesh of another passenger on board. Wow. I did read about that story, actually. Did he, he had um, He actually had drugs in his stomach, and I think they may have burst or they may have got into his bloodstream, and he went mad and started biting people on the plane. But subsequently he died due to that poisoning. Sure. Wow. But that's uh, very odd. Even more reason, dare I say, due to the fact this happened in Walmart, to do your shopping in hot air balloons. I still stick by that. I think that's a great way to go. What are you on and can I have some? I think it's an idea. Hot air balloons. I'm just asking. In Walmart. I'm just asking. I think it's a fabulous idea. And I'm going to talk to them in the morning about the possibility of making that happen. I've got a story here back on the theme of shopping. It says shoppers stunned 
to find a dead scorpion in his Tesco potpourri. Tesco is the equivalent of Walmart in Britain. That's the biggest grocery store chain okay. in the whole of Britain. A shopper felt like he'd been stung when he found a dead scorpion in his Tesco's potpourri. Stephen Blaney, 26, could not believe it after finding the deceased critter in his Tesco's own passion fruit and melon potpourri when he bought it from the store in Staleybridge Branch in Greater Manchester. Potpourri is just an excuse to get money out of people. It's like the sweepings from the side of Interstate 94 and they've thrown some fragrance on it. It's a con, isn't it? It's a bag of twigs and sweepings from the side of the interstate, and they've thrown some essential oils on them, and they're charging $6 a bag. But ultimately, you know, you open the bag, you put it in the pot, it smells great. You're throwing it in people's faces, smell this, and you're smelling a big bowl of twigs and berries and sweepings and leaves and all kinds of cigarette papers and various things. And then, like, an hour later, it doesn't smell of anything anymore. And people are buying this stuff in vast amounts. Capitalism working, I tell you. <laughs> the dumbfounded Irishman, sees Irish, that's why he's buying it, took the product back to the store and has since been given a £5 gift voucher as a refund Yay. for finding a scorpion in his potpourri. Stephen said, I didn't know what to do when I saw it. What does scorpion smell like, by the way? Does it have a fragrance? Do you get essence of scorpion oil? Is that possible? I guess if you squeeze enough of them. I poured the potpourri onto the kitchen table. I wonder why he did that. And didn't really recognise it at first. I just thought it was a weird shape. When I figured it out and what it was, I went, oh my God. Fortunately, this is my first running with a scorpion. Stephen posted his shocking find online and his friends shared his surprise, as did the Tesco staff. Stephen said, everyone was amazed online when I went to take it back to the shop. I had to check that the lady on the customer services desk wasn't screamish. I'm not really sure how you deal with something like that, but I was happy they gave me compensation. Once you've accepted compensation, you can't take that any further, I'm guessing, in a court of law. So they've given him a $5 gift voucher, when in actual fact, the potpourri costs more, and he's just found a scorpion in his potpourri. Seems ridiculous to me. But when I got it back... One girl told me that she got the same compensation for a mouldy bit of fruit. So perhaps I should have gone for more for the scorpion. Is there a hierarchy? This is where we are now. Is there a hierarchy of compensation? If she got £5, $8, for a mouldy piece of fruit, do you then get £10 for a scorpion? Do you get £20 for like half a maggot found in an apple? Do you get $50 if you find a vein in your hot dog sausage? You if see you're what I mean? in the U.S., you sue for thousands. Thousands. This is Britain. There is a hierarchy, apparently, of mouldy fruit, scorpions, and veins in hot dog sausages. You should have asked for more, is all I'm saying. Heather, what have you got for me in the round of the strange and the bizarre? I have a woman in Minnesota who left neighbors notes that said, the children look delicious. Well, you know, a bit of gravy. If yes. you cook them on a spit, all the fat drips down on your potatoes oh. and you slowly turn it round. This is, did she live in a gingerbread house by any chance? Uh, no, I don't think she so. She didn't put them in a cage. She was in Minneapolis, though, if that helps. Well, yeah, that's a very strange city is Minneapolis, I'm just saying. A Champlin, Minnesota woman has been arrested after she allegedly, allegedly. Yeah, but if you say it twice, you'll get it right the second time. <laughs> left. I was trying to make an emphasis on it. Are we going to make an emphasis on baffles or are you finished with that? Oh, stop. 
uh, left a series of anonymous notes to her neighbors warning the children look delicious. May I have a taste? <laughs> well, perhaps just a little lick of the arm there. Oh, wait, it gets into that. Put some gravy Carrie on. Pernola, 38, was arrested and booked at Hennepin County Jail last week on potential criminal counts of harassment and stalking. She was released earlier this week, according to jail records. Oh, that's safe. According to a post on the Champlain Community Facebook page... They have a Facebook page, too. This is ridiculous. I'd uh, rather them get on with their job, to be honest, than well, messing around on social <laughs> bloody media. Well, the post has been removed, if that helps. Um, Pernella was arrested after investigators were able to trace an IP address to the computer used as part of the alleged stalking. According to the Facebook post, the victims received a series of magazines that were addressed to such names as, I want to lick your children. Pernella, who confronted by investigators, admitted to sending notes and magazines because the children at the house were always putting stuff on her porch. I wonder what kind of stuff they were putting on that porch. And correct I, me if I'm the, wrong. The dog poo well, that's on fire. <laughs> I see what you Maybe. got up to in your youth what? while I was in the library studying. <laughs> Isn't it true, though, that, you know, I've not had kids personally, but they're quite grubby, aren't they? I mean, they almost look like they need a wash constantly. They're covered, you know, their food's around their face and there's Gum dirt everywhere. I know. They're not, they're not, you know, traditionally things that you'd want to necessarily. Nose running. And... Yeah, there's snot and bubbles and candles and wedgings and just nasty candles candles like know? for birthdays or i guess so okay when you see when you see snot running from the nose down to oh, the lip i see where you're going that's called candles in britain four no. candles four candles there we go we now move into the round that is called not for your mother so well done for finding us in our archives on soundcloud this is the round where if you're of a delicate disposition you need to remove yourself from the room which defeats the point of tuning in in the first place, doesn't it? If your mother's there and she's easily shocked, she also needs to be removed. If there's small children, minors in the room. They Just need to don't be tell their parents. <laughs> usher, don't tell their parents and keep them tied to the chair. This is the round, not for your mother. You have been warned. The stories from around the world this week that are racy, laden with innuendo, a little bit saucy perhaps. Heather, what have you got for me tonight in terms of saucy and not for your mother? I have a story on where you can go shopping. Is it in a hot air balloon? Well, it has fit our theme of the night and going to Walmart. That does seem to be a running theme, doesn't it? Walmart! That and pizza ovens and bellows. Well, you know what? Walmart's stocking now. They are... I bet it's not books. Oh, actually, they do have books. Yes, but they've got big pictures in them. Oh, well, that's true. A Walmart mistakenly stocks gun counter with gun oil sex lubricant. Gun oil sex lubricant. Yeah. What if it goes gun up in your hand? Oil. Oh, oh, oh I'm sorry, madam. And Al- some ointment for that. <laughs> An Alabama Walmart. Oh, customer. Alabama. Alabama. <laughs> Yay. It's old Bama. Gun oil always does it for me every time. Just a whiff of cordite <laughs> and I'm there. An Alabama Walmart customer who was apparently shopping for some lubricant for his weapon made a hilarious find at the gun counter. They have lubricants for weapons, Greg? Yes. They need gun oil, (laughs) don't they? You wouldn't want to get the two muddled up, though, would you? That's what I'm saying. (laughs) While shopping last month, Jamie Lee Bracey came across gun oil personal lubricant stocked at the gun counter at the Florence Walmart instead of finding the friction reducer in the pharmacy. 
Oh, they put it in the wrong place. Oh, completely wrong place. Apparently amused by Walmart's merchandising error, Bracey recorded a short video of his find and posted it to his Facebook account, which has received over 3 million views since September 18th. That's what we need to do to get people to listen to the show, I might add. (laughs) What? Take videos of lubricant? I'm I'm game if you are. (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) So, and this is him in his video. He says, so I'm at Walmart. And nobody's here to help me, Bracey says in the video. I'm looking around and I see this gun oil and I'm like, oh, wow. It says it's water-based lubricant for your gun. So how's that water-based? That could rust, right? Bracey said while holding up the bottle. The customer begins to read the description of the product. Are you ready? Oh, I was born ready. Let's see here. Long-lasting lubrication with easy cleanup hang on a second hang on a second can i do a bit of music in the background while you're reading that out i need a nice sexy slow kind of and i'll do the music ding, all right ding, 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 ding. long lasting lubrication with easy cleanup glycerin and paraben free wetter lighter feel than silicone Oh, that sounds good. Sounds really good, Brace Equips. I think my gun would work really good. Wetter and lighter. (laughs) Hell's teeth, madam. Then I see the ginseng and guarana to promote blood flow. And I'm like, what? For tropical use, apply desired amount to genital areas. Boom. Hang on, I might put that on my head. (laughs) (laughs) What, to increase blood flow? Yes. It works. <laughs> a Facebook user commented on Bracey's video saying that it's a common mistake for some stores to stock personal personal lube in the sports section. I didn't know that, but that's where I'll be shopping from now on. The problem I have... Is right? finding it? <laughs> well, it is cold in Minnesota. <laughs> this has never happened to me before. If you warm it up, I'll try again in a couple of minutes. They must have swapped. I'm worried now that if they go to the pharmacy, <laughs> so you've got there before me, if they go to the pharmacy, is there going to be some poor woman somewhere who's going to get gun oil? Do you see what I'm saying? Yep. That's the worry. That's what I'd be concerned about. Some poor woman. Some poor lady. Yes. Gun oil. Oh. Easy mistake to make. I have a story that says dad left red-faced after his three-year-old daughter shouts embarrassing remark in a public toilet. Yay! I, I love this story. Parenthood. It can be beautiful. It can be rewarding. Life-affirming and pretty hard work. But there's times when it can just be plain embarrassing. One dad found this out the hard way and decided to share his cringeworthy experience with other parents on Reddit. In a post entitled, I totally effed up my day by taking his three-year-old daughter into the men's room, he explains. I'm a dad of your beautiful three-year-old girl. Any dad of a daughter will tell you that bathroom stuff is just part of the deal. If mum is not around or tending to one of the others, I have to take my little girl into the men's room. So this happened at a quiet little mum and pop restaurant. It was just the two of us in there. I covered and wiped the seat so she could do her little tinkle. But then I realised that I really had to go. Which is no big deal. I just placed her in the corner of the stall and said don't move and I started to pee. I then heard the door to the restroom open, meaning we were no longer the only two occupants. And I heard two guys walk in. 
As one of the sets of footsteps drew near, my little girl starts to back away from the door and ends up right next to me. She looks down at what's going on. With an open-door policy on the bathroom at home and her two brothers, it's nothing she hasn't seen before. And she loudly exclaims, Daddy, look at your little penis. What the... I hear the other guys in the bathroom kind of snort and then let loose in laughter. He continues, First of all, wow! She's never said that before or since. Secondly... What was her frame of reference? <laughs> well, I also have a second one at home, sweetheart, and it's bigger, and I clean mum's teeth with it. I didn't oh, know. <laughs> I didn't know what I could possibly say to make it any better. I kind of wanted to yell out, um, she's only kidding, it's normal-sized, but I figured that any remark trying to clarify my size would just come off as creepy. I just stayed in the store until the other two guys left. I couldn't face them. I'm sure they were out there in the restaurant watching me to come out so they could tell their wives about the guy who has a teeny wiener by a three-year-old's standards. Is that terrible? That a joy. I remember... That is funny. I remember when I was a little boy, I was taken through Marks and Spencers, which is a big department store in Britain, and I was going through the lingerie department holding my mother's hand, and there, of course, are mannequins... With no arms and no legs, of course, modelling bras and knickers, panties, as you would get in any department store in a lingerie department. And I remember shouting out to my mother, look, I can see that woman's bra, which isn't as bad as that. But I do recall that. I think I was about 18 at the time, if my memory serves me right. No, no embarrassment at all. Fabulous. That is the end of my story. Kim, what have you got for me in the round of Not For Your Mother? A giant 20-foot crocheted bra failed to sell on eBay. If that got wet, <laughs> if it got wet, would it suddenly shrink? Do you see what I'm saying? If you went swimming in that, if that was your swimming costume, you went out into the sea and suddenly... <laughs> and it's just suddenly shrunk. My mother decided shrunk to in knit the sea? me. Yes. She went in six foot three and came out five foot two. It was remarkable. We had to inflate her again with a bicycle pump. It is remarkable. When I was a little boy, everything had to be knitted by my grandmother. So, you know, if I wanted some sort of specific toy for Christmas, you know, G.I. Joe, my grandmother would say, don't buy in there. I'll knit it. I'll knit him a G.I. Joe. Anything I wanted, whether it was a pedal car, a G.I. Joe, Spirograph, my grandmother knitted it. I didn't get bored. It was always fluorescent green as well. Was this the cheapest wool available? Was this all they had in the shop? And they all, every, your point is they all shrank? Well, the point is I got knitted at swimming trunks. <laughs> so I go wading into the water. Britain is all coastline. We are an island. It is coastline from top to bottom all the way around. And we often went to the seaside. This is a cheap day out. You're never more than 75 miles away from the sea anywhere in Britain. So I go wading into the sea. I'm swimming around. It had the opposite effect. It didn't shrink. It got very loose and very baggy. I come <laughs> wading out of the ocean, wading out of the sea. And the gusset's hanging down by my knees. Everything's stretched. There's me trying to gather it up like a loincloth. I look like Gandhi coming out of the sea. Everything's on display, the twig and berries. Everything's hanging down. This is my grandmother knitting me swimming trunks. How did you react to that last year? <sighs> <laughs> Good one, Heather. 
you see where we are? My mother pointed at my twig and berries and said, I've powdered that. There's no shame. We're very broad-minded Europeans. This is where How we are. How did you react to that last year? <laughs> You're still going, are you? You're still going. We co- Stop laughing. Why are you laughing at me? This is a very tragic moment in my life. <laughs> it actually reminds me of what Scott sent us uh what maybe last year scott our, said, our team member who's yes, based in wisconsin scott, uh he had sent us pictures of crocheted was it mankinis oh a mankini they yes. were terrible do you remember yes. those <laughs> yes it was like a it was like trying to squeeze two bowling balls into a marble bag it was oh, horrific i got arrested <laughs> I was at the water park in Minnesota. I went down the water tube and nearly garroted myself. It was like a bit of cheese wire coming up. I nearly came down in two parts. It was ridiculous. Kim, help me. What have you got in the round of Not For Your Mother? The giant bra was designed to raise awareness of breast cancer, which failed to sell on the auction website eBay, and it is to be relisted. The 6.2-meter, 20-foot bra was crocheted by the Swindon Bitch and Stitch Knitting <laughs> Group. Bitch and Stitch. This is where women get it together every Monday evening and stitch and bitch. Yes. Hit, you know what they're doing when they're stitching and bitching? They're saying, I know two big boobs that can fit in this. There you go. Yeah, I'm looking at a couple now. <laughs> You've got a lovely set of 33s, by the way. <laughs> God. I know several women... Who this bra would fit, actually. Was it six metres long, it says? Yes. That's some size. I mean, we're getting onto like 25, 30 foot there yeah. easily. Yep. Wow. Um, uh, despite attracting about 200 views, the bra was listed as used, did not sell. Used? Used? <laughs> Who in God's name had that on? And I want to meet them. I'm thirsty now. Get me a glass of milk. I'll explain the used part and part okay. later. Uh, uh, Tracy Major from the group said it's very heavy. Each cup weighs about five <laughs> kilograms, so it could be used as bean bags. <laughs> what? Nice bean bags, madam. <laughs> Measuring 6.2 meters wide and 2 meters high, the giant bra took around four months to create. Along with bras belonging to, and I don't know any of these people, Honor Blackman, Barbara Honor, uh, Windsor. Well, well, slow down. Okay. Honor Blackman was the first, uh, was um, one of the Bond girls in Goldfinger. Oh. She was pussy galore, if you remember. Okay. She's in her 80s, and she still looks fabulous. She'd be one of the women that you'd look at and think, you're still a very attractive woman. Do you see what I'm okay. saying? I would have done Anne Bancroft up to her dying day. I'm just saying. Okay. Even How about, now, I'm tempted uh, to get a Barbara Windsor? Up. Barbara Windsor is a very famous Cockney actress who is, again, big-chested and lots of blonde hair. And uh, she, again... On her chest? ...is in her 70s. I don't think she had a hairy chest. (laughs) She was a comedy actress that starred in a lot of films and was very famous for kind of losing her bra constantly in various situations. You'd hear, bang, and then she'd go, oh, and she'd be grabbing herself. (laughs) And this was comedy, apparently, in the 1960s. Who knew? How about somebody named Twiggy? Twiggy is one of the first supermodels in yeah. Britain from the 60s. She modelled the um, miniskirt. Very, very skinny. Very skinny. That's why, well, Twiggy comes from the fact that she was skinny. She'd be our equivalent of Janice Dickinson. Is that the name of the woman? Kate Moss? Yeah, well, yes, but like 40 years before Kate Moss. She's okay. a very, she was the one who was modelling all the Carnaby Street, Mary Quant kind of skirts and was literally stick thin. So she's a fav- famous model from the 1960s. Okay. Well, they're all on uh, currently on display at the Brunel Center in Swindon. Ms. Major said they had been hoping to find a good home for it and raise a giant amount of money. 
She said, I listed it as used because so many people were touching it and doing selfies with it, and I thought, I can't sell that as new. No, that's ridiculous. It's been well fingered. (laughs) But if it doesn't sell, I'm not too fussed because we can donate it to the charity and they can use it and take it around to exhibitions with them. Gathering up people. We call it a booby trap. That's in (laughs) Britain. I'll even do that one. Yay! That's in Swindon, which is in Wiltshire, which is where Stonehenge is. The thing I remember about Swindon, I've only driven through it, going to the West Country, is that it has a roundabout. And I know how obsessed with roundabouts this country is. You hate them. You hate everything about roundabouts. You're not willing to embrace them. You don't want to give them a go. You kind of play with them like you did. I like them. Kim likes roundabouts. We'll get her a T-shirt with that written on. Swindon has a system, and I kid you not, it has a roundabout with eight satellite roundabouts around it. Oh, my. Like a spirograph, if you imagine. So you get into this system where you've got the big roundabout in the middle and then eight smaller satellite roundabouts all the way around it. If you go to Google Earth, if you type in now Swindon roundabouts, you will see the most amazing complex. People have been trapped in there. For 30, 40 years. They're going round constantly. They've got the car on cruise. They're sat there with long beards. There's skeletons going round in this system trying to get out. There's people still thinking the war's on. I'm just saying. That's what's famous about Swinton. Heather, finish the show. You have a willy story. No. No, no, I don't. We always try and force it down my throat. I have my, my willy? <laughs> <laughs> you have a willy? I know, right? Yes, but she doesn't use it very often. <laughs> um, uh, we're going shopping again. Excellent. Is this it a time bra? we're going to Target. 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 Yes. The children were in tears as audio from a porn movie plays over the Target PA system for 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it took everyone 15 minutes to finish off before they could then go and oh, turn it God. off. Uh, Hang on a second. What, what? porn film? What scene last 15 minutes? Oh, no. <laughs> Christ, that's twice. Just, that's what I was thinking. You're just jealous. That's, I know, right? That's twice for me and a cigarette break in the middle. 15 minutes? 15 minutes. Wow. So it starts out with... Ding dong. Hello, madam. I understand your plumbing's broken. <laughs> I brought you a pizza. There's the oven back there. I'm afraid I have all these library books that are overdue and I don't appear to have any money to pay for them. I haven't done my homework. That's just taking it too far. No? Okay. A routine errand got rather inappropriate for customers who visited supermarket store Target in San Jose, California on Thursday when audio from an adult film started playing over the PA system. Mommy, why does he keep shouting out folk? One mom who was shopping with her three-year-old twins recorded the incident and shared the video with NBC. Oh, no. Wow, wow. Gina Young says the audio started playing. Her twins started crying and she asked herself, what is going on at Target right now? It's a promotion. <laughs> Blue light special. There you go. <laughs> Box set of Emmanuel. In a a Facebook post, Young details how other customers tried to help her with her children and how Target employees responded. People people offered to help me cover my twin's ears. (laughs) Others threw their stuff down and walked out. Employees were running around everywhere, picking and hanging up phones, which worked for about two minutes before it started up again. She adds, people were screaming at employees, videotaping, some laughing, some disgusted. It was terribly awkward. Schnell, schnell, Achtung. Du hast so schöne Augen. 
According to NBC, the shopping center where the Target is located was hosting Mommy and Me Day. <laughs> Meine Schwanz is heist. Meine Hindert is heist. Make and not. Do, I'm sorry. That's how I learned German. I'm sorry. <laughs> Making for huge crowds and a pack store when the audio started. Another shopper, Bethany Curran said that the audio, reportedly filled with racist and sexist language, continued in every aisle, every aisle, now, they for were just about playing, 15 minutes. They, were just, they just had a Bill Cosby video on. Oh, <laughs> Controversial. Adrian, Edward. I know, we'll get taken off. It's too soon. Too soon. It's too soon. Well, all good things must come to an end. So let's look at tonight's scores. In last place with the K2 meter and the dead battery, it is Greg on a resplendent three, which is remarkable considering he doesn't read out any stories. And in resplendent first place, beating Kim on five points and Heather, who's on minus seven. (laughs) In actuality, I need the haunted phantom calculator because if you're on minus seven greg's actually coming third on three just see where we are i thought because greg had three that would be last i didn't realize as i worked my way across the scores that you were going to be on minus seven so i take it back greg you've got third place hurrah (laughs) i'll get you a gray chinese mcdonald's when we leave heather is last on minus seven tonight's winner by a series of elimination with the $33,000 IR camera, is myself, with a lovely round six points. I wouldn't have guessed that. Do not fear, listener. Remember, we are back with a whole new bunch of stories next week when Heather will come last again. (laughs) And I would love for you to join me for a fun and informative journey through the world of pizza ovens, the strange, bizarre, licking children and the weird. Please tell your friends and family about the show and feel free to contact me anytime via my Facebook site, More Questions and Answers with Adrian Lee. Or you can email me at mqta at rocketmail.com. Don't forget you can join my Twitter account at Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips. And if you wish to access an extra 20 to 25 minutes of the show after we go off air in the next minute or so, you can go to soundcloud.com and search for MQ. TA Radio, because we're about to do a round called Not For Your Mother, so you can join us on there. My gratitude and greatest thanks are extended to Lorna Hunter, Heather Morris, Tom Drainer, Kim McGregor, Gore, Nathan Bush, and all of the International Paranormal Society, Int Paranormal.net, and all of the show's sponsors, including the Lakes Area, Paranormal Interest Group, and MUFON of Minnesota. It just remains for me to say thank you for listening, and remember, be interested and Good night.